Because that's what happens to me. Like when I have things that are going on or I have loads going on, either I can't sleep at all and then I'll wake and I'm just bare slow throughout the day yeah, yeah. or I'll oversleep because I'm so tired. So if you turn up late, are you late by accident or you're late on purpose? Because... I'm never late on purpose. Yeah. I'm maybe disorganised on purpose so in this, the morning. This, this is what I'm saying. So there was, yeah. there was recently I was coming late to something. I can't remember where it was. Um, I was coming to see Aladdin. Yeah, I was okay. coming to pick him up actually. That was when, when we went to do... Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, so <clears throat> so what happened is that day I needed to go to gym. I had to go to gym. But I knew if I'm going to go to gym, I'm going to be late. Yeah. But I was like, I can't miss gym. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes so, that gets to me. Because I used to train mm. a lot. Before lockdown, I would train twice a day, every day, five days straight. Mm. I'd have a one-to-one session with my coach in the morning. And then in the evening, I'd either do like circuit or like upper body or lower body, whatever, like abs, whatever. I'd do something every day, every evening. Like I have to. Yeah. And then lockdown happened and I started coaching. And then it all kind of went out the window, like, because I was building up clientele coaching. And then on top of that, I was doing everything else that I was doing anyways. Yeah. I had no time to go gym. So what I would do is I would either like walk or run half my journey because I have to take train everywhere. Mm. Or like I'd try fit in things or reach certain steps and stuff like that. And it would low key slow down. Like if I'm a bit late, then I'm going to be a bit late. But me myself, if I don't have time to train, this is my alternative, but I'm going to just do it on the way there. Yeah. So, so, so far from, from the couple of times I've met you and from me seeing you, what you've been doing in terms of like your podcast and all these other things that you're doing, mm. like, would you class yourself as a busy person? A hundred percent. And, and how do you like, how do you manage? Like, is it too much? Is it something that's... Do you know what? Loads of people have asked me that. They're like, how mm. do you manage? Like, you do so much and da da da. Do you know what it is? Um, everything I do aligns with my purpose that makes sense mm. so like I allocate my time wisely and I've always said I don't you know that saying oh, I'll sleep when I'm dead or, oh, yeah, or yeah, like yeah. sleep is the cousin of death mm. um like certain rappers said back in the day but it's with me it's like first of all I pre-plan a lot mm. like especially things that I can pre-plan like recording stuff like that I schedule that in a month or two in advance yeah, so yeah. it's solid it's there things like classes, things that things I have to attend and there's dates for them, I'll pre-write them all in. Mm. And then obviously as the months come, for example, in November, it's been one of my busiest months yeah. and I had some, I basically had something pre-booked in almost every day. Mm. And then every week, there's something else. You got to add yeah, something yeah, in yeah, and it's yeah, just yeah. like... Because <laughs> you pre-booked a lot of stuff from before. Anyway. Prior, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's it. Like my December for me is bi- is packed. Mm. I squeezed in a week holiday. Mm. That I booked, I'm going to Turkey on the 13th from that Monday to that next Monday. And I pre-booked that last month. Yeah, yeah. But every single day, I'm talking even the Sunday before, yeah, yeah. I'm doing something. Every single day prior and the weeks that I come back, mm-hmm. except for Christmas Day, because there's nothing to do on Christmas Day. But I'll probably just sleep throughout the whole day. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> do, do you do you ever have that thing? This happens to me a lot, yeah. Mm. Where like on sun- Saturday, mm. I'll have an empty weekend or oh, empty week. Sorry, the following week will be empty, mm. and then Sunday I'll have a packed week. Within one day, bitch, shit will just fill up the week, and now I have nothing to like. I, I've just got. Do you know what it is? The whole week. No, but I've had that like impact. Mm. So like for example, the last two weeks of November for me. Well, I really, if you asked me a week ago, I would have had like my uni scheduled in, mm. my like podcast stuff scheduled in this because we pre-booked this and then that's it really. But now I've got, I've got to shoot all next week. So I'm on set all next week, mm. put that in a couple of days ago. And then obviously I'm doing my TV appearance on Monday. Plus I've had like 
um, events for work coming up and all these sort of things. And now I've got every day's packed. Mm-hmm. And then my, my best friend's birthday's coming up. <laughs> she messaged me and she's like, oh, do you mind? Like, cause we're going to do a little spa day and then like go out for brunch and stuff. That's why I don't do birthdays, man. So I said to her, mm-hmm. I was like to her, look, I was like, I'm, I'm a, I blocked out that day for a reason. I don't know how long you got me for. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna just keep it real. So we're going to the spa at 10 a.m. because that's yeah. the best thing to do for me. And then we'll go out for our lunch and then she has the rest of her day and then I have to go to work afterwards. You know, that, that's that's like the scary thing about being a freelancer or an entrepreneur oh, is that yeah. you don't, because if you work a nine to five or whatever, you just know, cool, between this time and this time of every week of every, every day, I'm busy. I, can, mm. I know when my free time is. Mm. But when you're freelancing, when you're entrepreneuring, if that's a word, you don't know when you're free. You don't know when you're busy. There's no days off. Even when you have yeah, a day no off, off yeah. you're, you're still working yeah. because you're thinking about, oh shit, I need to do for me, this For that. me, it's a, bit, it's a bit hard to plan ahead because like, let's say for example, because the other thing I have set in stone right now is that I would do a boxing club every Friday. Mm. But stuff might happen. Let's say for example, I had a client yesterday, really, really big client. Mm. And I had to cancel that. I was told about the client. He wanted me on Friday. He told me on Wednesday. Mm. So I had to tell and let them know, oh yeah, I'm kind of cancel whatever. Um, I can't, got, got cover, canceled it. And then come Friday morning, he said, oh, cool, bro, could we postpone it till Sunday? Mm. So it's like, nothing nothing is ever 100% set in stone. Mm-hmm. I agree. You know it's, and it's kind of difficult, but it's, it's like, would I want to live a bit other life? No. Do you know what it is? It's, I had this conversation. I was at an event. What day is it today? Saturday? Saturday, yeah. <laughs> sorry. That's how I move. I was I was at an event fr- Thursday night, sorry. Um, mm. And coincidence one of my good friends with that he's a photographer shout out musty he's really really sick shout out musty come on he's doing bits right now and we're just like i saw him walk in and we were just talking i was like and we have this ongoing joke i feel mm-hmm. like all me and all my friends have this joke it's like, oh you never shout at me why do i have to run into you to see you stuff like that but it's we had a really good conversation about you know making time for yourself mm-hmm. and with me that's something i really struggle with like i don't really make time for myself and mm. I've just never really understood how to do that. Like for me. So do you struggle? Do you struggle to have like a lot of space, like free space? Yeah. I never, yeah. I don't think I ever, let's say I get home around like 11 mm. and I need to be up at like seven, maybe eight. I'll give myself maybe an hour or two to eat, shower, chill. Mm. And then I have to sleep. So you, you struggle with doing nothing basically. You yeah, I can't. Oh, you know, lockdown. Mm. Lockdown killed me. It killed mm. my soul. It mm. killed me. I can't <laughs> just, you know what I mean? If I, I can maybe do a day of mm. nothing, mm. maybe sleep for a couple of hours and then maybe eat, maybe do a little workout and then just chill out. But like after 24 hour periods, Mm. I have to do something. I'm You're itching an for person. It. Yeah, 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 I can't. I can't just stay at home. I can't do that. Like I've never been built like that ever. Mm. I, so I started running, and I don't run. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that, I think that's what I loved about about lockdown. You know, lockdown. That's why I told you the other day. I would love another lockdown because the first one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing, the thing is, <laughs> lockdown. Like, nah. I'm doing too many things. <laughs> the thing, the thing is, so so this lockdown taught me a lesson that I learned from actually a movie, mm. and the quote is. Um, this experience taught me something that no amount of years in any other field can teach me. Mm. That's desperation. When I was in lockdown, I lost my job at Topman. I lost my job at Mr. Snappy's. I lost my job at, not lost it, but I wasn't working. I wasn't coaching. Mm-mm-mm. I was spending eight days a week in bed doing nothing. Eight days a week. Eight yeah. days a week in bed. It, yeah, extended, <laughs> extended the amount of days. That's how I felt, bro. It felt long. I am doing nothing. And that taught me desperation. And I think that's what, that's, that's something that's powerful about the mm. human race is when you're, when you're taught desperation, mm possibilities are endless but then it comes down to how long are you going to sit in your desperation mm. like with me we went into when was the first lockdown 
Not much. March. Yeah, March. March. Yeah. March April. April, May, June, I got laid off without pay. Mm. So mm. I think I had two months worth of pay. Well, not even furlough. Like, nothing. Yeah. And right. then I said to myself, I'm going to give myself a month to find a job mm. or a month to figure it out. One month later, I started PTing again. Mm. And that was my That's days. Me. Every day that week, maybe I think certain days, like because of lockdown and stuff, some people couldn't make it or X, Y, and Z. But nine times out of 10, I had a client at least once a day, mm. every day that but that's, week. That's a result of your desperation. Yeah. What I'm trying to say is that when, you, when you're taught desperation, when you, when you experience desperation, you start doing that. Like, me, me, like, my experience, my, 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 my career for the past year or so is a result of how desperate I was to do something, mm. anything. But mm. even like, for example, like you enjoyed it. Yeah. So that goes to show that you handled your desperation better than I did because I couldn't take it for more than a month. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? Whether whether I think there's positives in both situation, but you you found a comfort in, you know what, just I need a break and I can just chill and I'm okay with it. Whereas of me, I was like, okay, I need a break, but my break is going to be capped to four weeks. But you, but you know what? But you, <laughs> you, like, you got going. to learn a bit more about yourself during yeah, that time. Yeah, yeah. Even, though, even though it's not something you particularly enjoyed or mm. it's not something that was pleasant to you, mm. you got to learn a bit more about yourself that that sort of environment is not for you. 100, yeah. You know, um, speaking of cancelling, because obviously Aladdin was talking about cancelling not long ago. Um, someone cancelled him. I want to talk about cancel culture. That's okay. actually been on my mind for a little wait, while. Wait, wait, you cancelled me? Huh? <laughs> no, cancelled, as no, in your, you, your, your client cancelled. Oh, your client cancelled. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I don't know. What's your what's your both of you, I guess? What's your thoughts on cancel culture? Because it's something that's been bothering me for a little while now. And it feels like internet has got so much power. Well, people on the internet has got so much power. I think people think that they have so much power on the internet. Mm-hmm. I don't think they have as much power as they think they do. That's one thing. And I think cancel culture is very useless Mm. because nine times out of 10, you're going to cancel someone over something dumb or something that happened to them or they went through or said when they were. Or something that might not even be true, right? Do you understand? It's all all assumptions. Mm. It's all like you might have maybe a tweet from 10 years ago Mm. saying influencers 24, 10 years ago, they were 14. They might have said something stupid. Like we all do shit when we're dumb Mm. and young and it's just, it is what it is. But even when things like serious things happen, mm. cancel culture isn't the way to go about things. Do you but know? You, what I mean? But you know what? I think I think it's interesting about what you said. You said it's useless, and I think you made me think about it in a way where it also takes away from the possibility of having that conversation. That's what I'm saying. That the person's being cancelled canceled for. It's almost mm-hmm. like an escape or a runaway technique. Like, hey, like this is going on. Let's cancel that person. And not talk about this. And I think cancel culture is a form of injustice. It's mm. like you're not you're not allowing the the person who's being cancelled or whatever. You're not allowing them to say their piece. Mm. It's either forced out or it's like we're going to embarrass you to a point where you're not even going to want to say anything. Mm. And all the allegations might not even be true. So on that note as well, do we have a, do we have freedom of speech? Because I don't believe we do. Yeah. I've always said that I don't believe like I don't believe every single person in this world, let alone the country, has freedom of speech. Yeah, because right. if I said something that didn't sit well with a certain group or a population mm. or a certain person, there's a consequence. Mm. That's just what it is. That's not freedom of speech. Do you understand? Yeah, that's crazy. And, and we're, as, as a human being, we're meant to have the freedom of speech as a right. Mm. Anyways, that's meant to be a given. Yeah. And it's not something we have access to anyways, because mm. suddenly, like, look, look, for example, Wiley, like, look what happened to him. Mm, like mm. he just said. That's, and that's even a problem. I think, we, I think we're almost taking away freedom of understanding as well. Mm. Like when you, when, when something like Wiley, like his situation happens, mm. no one gave 
him a chance to even try and understand what he was trying to say and if you did listen to what he was trying to say it, it was taken completely left mm. it was completely taken it was like it was in this little box and you've heard one or two comments and you've pulled it out and dashed it all over yeah. the area when it's not meant to be over there what mm. he was saying was com- completely different do, do, do you know what's funny i think i think the cancel culture is all about people being not comfortable with having um uncomfortable conversations yeah yeah. Hundreds. People don't want to have the conversation, you know what? Let's just cancel that. It's person. like it's like yeah. people that don't like confrontation. Mm. They'll let it bubble up or they'll go say it to somebody else and it will spread. It's like Chinese whispers. Mm. That's why I just believe stuff like that is useless. So what what would be your limits for cancelling someone? Ooh. Like what would I cancel someone over? Yeah. Like R. Kelly's cancelled to me, yeah, yeah, for yeah. example. <laughs> definitely, definitely. But like that's all like I don't know if you guys remember the Dutch Avelli situation. Yeah. Like whether it's true or not. But that's the thing. I feel like he got cancelled too quick. He did get cancelled too quick. Yeah. And my thing is, as a audience member or as a consumer, whatever it may be, it's, it's a difficult topic because I don't know the facts. Mm. One person is saying this thing, your sister's backing you, and mm. then there's other people actually but it, but coming but out But that's what I'm saying. There's, there was no actual evidence, like real evidence to cancel someone over. Like people can yeah. alter I think there was Instagram message. But, yeah. but what I'm trying to say is like, someone could say something entirely different. Hundreds. Around and you, certain can, things, you can unsend and edit stuff and it, it might look like something else. And, and, that's, and I think with me, the limit is as soon as something comes out that extreme, mm. whether it's, any form of sexual abuse, rape, pedophilia, whatever it may be, anything in that, any form of abuse. Yeah. For me, I feel like I have the justification to cancel you if I feel to. Yeah. Whether it's true or not. If it's not true, then like, may God forgive well, me. What about, so what about but speech? Would you cancel anyone over, over speech? or Derogatory terms. I don't think I would cancel you over it, but I just would not support you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But here's, here's, a here's a scary thing about cancelling people. With, like, cancelling someone can, can like, fuck up your life. Hundreds. Oh, completely. Mm. So, like, Dr. Veli is a big example. I'm assuming he was innocent, right? Like, he didn't do none of the stuff he was accused of. We, we, we don't know. We don't know if he was we innocent. We don't know. It's, it's all very unclear. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Hypothetically, let's say he was. Mm. All that, like, everything, all his his um, his work has been now... Debunked. Like, you know what I'm saying? Got, yeah. Gone rid of. Mm. So, like, imagine... Because a lot of people have been accused of... Like, even there's a lot of people who, um, who have acu- been accused of rape, falsely accused of rape, and the woman he ac- allegedly raped comes out like four years later saying oh by the way I was lying mm. so like this that's why I think cancel culture is like such a, f- a, a that's why I say it's useless isn't it yeah. like because then there's other people on the flip side like for example with R. Kelly and like mm. all the and Michael Jackson it, yeah. stuff no and they'll be like well I can separate the art from the person mm. but with me yeah, I can't do that, can't do that no. because like for example like there's so many rappers in the US maybe that people are fond of and they like their music but if I don't like your personality I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit and listen to your music yeah, I'm yeah, just yeah. a bit like that so let alone if an allegation that extreme comes out like people need to learn to separate music and talent but also mm. need to learn to like be firm on their principles mm. and I think that's what the issue is people separate it and make an but for me it's an excuse it's like you yeah. like the song you don't want maybe a part of you doesn't really believe it but you know because the masses believe it you don't want to be the odd one out or whatever mm. so you just say okay cool i can separate the art yeah, yeah no, no, not everyone prick, and it's just like mm, not everyone want to stand up for what they believe in as it's well it's a bit mm. taken because me personally i'd like i don't i don't like drill music in it mm. like uh, the whole what <laughs> cancel cancel, cancel. <laughs> 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 no, so, so I don't like the reason why I don't like drill music because I don't advocate the stuff that people do in their spare time, like drill artists, a lot of them, not mm. all of them. But 
I'll listen to a one on a body or I listen to like when I'm saying I listen to these, these tracks because one they're popular and they're popular for a reason because mm. they're actually quite banging. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I listen to like maybe like out of a, a play- playlist of thirty songs, maybe one or two of them be a drill track because the the track kind of bangs. Mm. But at the same time, does that mean I advocate drill or gang violence or because I'm giving them? I the hear number, you, but then weird. that's that's a slightly different conversation. And the reason why I say that is because drill music has always been about, mm. do you understand? It's not mm. new, yeah. but so I was watching a documentary about like how hip hop started in America and X, Y, and Z. And a lot of people said, you know, for them, they needed something that was theirs. And it, in America, what it happened to be was hip hop. Mm. And I think it's the same sort of thing that translates over here. Like ends rough areas people that just grew up around poverty it doesn't necessarily mean everyone's involved in those gang violences like you said but it's it's just kind of embedded within the communities mm. that they lie in right but they've always had like grime drill all of these yeah, yeah. um pieces of artistry that we can own as yo these things that started in, in our communities like mm. like how how proud are we to know that you know, people like Kano's from East, like we'll rep East, like da 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 da, because mm. there's people that have come out of certain situations and they've taken that. I mean, like this, just because this is my style of music or my style of genre, doesn't mean that it's automatically meant to make you feel violent or angry. Yeah, or it's an expression, da-da-da. right? It can. I'm mm. not going to say it's, you're going to listen to a, a, a drill song and you're going to start smiling and laughing. Like, no, it's sometimes if you're in that mood already mm. or you're kind of already there, you might put that on to completely land you into that emotion do you understand yeah it's it's a form of expression that allows minorities to just hold on and be like yeah this is something that's ours and the fact that it's made it into mainstream music and it's now like pop culture Mm. and it's now all of these things is a big win whether you know what but you know this question as well like even though it's made it to the mainstream it's like who's actually profiting off off of that you know in the That's mainstream. a whole conversation. Man. What do you mean? Like, so for instance, like you know, like who owns the music labels, you know, and and who are owning the distribution? So the white people. Yeah, and 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 you know what the interesting thing? So in terms of drill music, right? Um, mm. I'm a bit like I don't know. I'm kind of fifty fifty about it. Mm. I'm not gonna say. So am I. I like, I yeah. do believe that. Like for example, I've I've experienced it. But like if I'm annoyed or I'm angry. Like me and my girls might put on a drill song and we'll be singing it and we'll mm. get hyped and now we're pissed off for no reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> we're yeah. just we we've depassed like a certain emotion. But I think for us to blame music or to blame something like if if I listen to a drill song, I'm not gonna mm. go and kill somebody. Yeah, no, you, I, I think I think personally, I think that blame is a yeah, disconnect. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. That's, that's like saying that um you lot have heard about the Dark Knight um happening. So Dark Knight is obviously a Batman movie. And the villain in that movie was the Joker. And obviously Joker's known for being like a crazy kind of psychotic kind of guy. Mm. And I think it was one of the opening screenings, someone came into the theatre and just sort of blamed up the whole theatre. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and, they, they, and, peop, and people, people, people attached the violence to the movie and the mm. character of the Joker, mm. which is when the Joker came out in 2019, the solo movie, people were kind of scared and whatever, and saying, oh, yeah, just, just, let's cancel this movie because... It, it, here's an example of what happened before. It might yeah, happen it's a form of shifting blame, saying, and it happens yeah, in everything, yeah. not just music or film or whatever. It happens in politics every day, mm. and we don't really notice it that that mm. much because it's not that black and white. Mm. Like with a song or a piece of music, you can easily cancel a song. It's under four minutes. You can get rid mm. of that. You can just take it off streaming networks and keep it moving. Yeah, yeah. But with like political situations and like wars and X, that's Y, and Z, that's something that is not just dangerous. 
like what's done is done the damage is done mm. it's not like a song you can just take it off a streaming network and keep it moving like no you've killed people you've people's lives are ruined x y and z mm. and we're shifting blame because of a certain agenda that's how i see it yeah 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 personally i yeah. think like if you actually look at who's listening to drill music anyways it's like mostly like uni students and mm. certain demographic but also people that are actually enrolled and, and are listening to drill music like they just they can just relate to it or mm, they're just connecting mm. to it anyway. So yeah, like, it's yeah. not, it's not that they wouldn't because of drill music, they're on road now. It's exactly. actually, they're on road already. They're just listening to that music because that's something that's they can it. relate to. They're not going to be listening to Adele while right. like doing certain Don't things. Don't get it twisted. You know I, I mean? know a road man that will <laughs> slap on Adele like there's yeah. no, and they'll sing it with their heart out. But it's, that's what it is. Like if I heard a song or I watched a movie and there were events that happened in my life mm. that were shown or demonstrated in this piece of artistry, are you joking? It's it's a whole different connection that you can feel. Mm. Um, and to have it be seen or heard by the masses is even more empowering. Do you understand? Because mm. it's like, right, okay, like some someone that's gone through something like me or has had the same experience as me has been able to put this on a platform mm. and let the world hear it or see it. Yeah. And it's people like it, they're receiving it. It's like it makes you feel less like, oh, like I'm from ends and I'm da 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 da. And because that's, like naturally as human beings everyone kind of wants to fit in mm. whether we like it or not whether we understand it or not whether we process it or it's if like it's a in social a subconscious thing. yeah it's just how we are mm. like and when you see stuff like that it's like yeah like and then you get to connect with more people that have been through these things and are similar to you from different mm. areas and da, 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 you, know so. what, you know what that reminds me of um that reminds me of a quote that poet said mm. which i really liked he said people love talking about this idealistic world where there was no racism there was no violence there was no this and that but in an ideal world we wouldn't have stormsy you get we wouldn't have mm. all these creative things that we have like, a lot of these beautiful things that we've created is as a result of pain mm. and suffering mm. so like do we still want obviously not, not say uh racism continue violence continue all that shit no but the fact that beauty has been it's like what did jay Cole say beauty in our beauty in our struggle wasn't it mm. there is beauty in our struggle so there's not, be, because there's i think pain is always going to be the heart of a creative do you know what I mean? Like yeah, the core yeah, yeah. of a creative, uh. whether it's music or film or whatever sort of creative industry you're in, whatever, your pain and your struggle and your story is what makes you who you are. Mm. And it drives you and it allows you to open up and see things so differently to maybe the ordinary person that hasn't gone through as much just because purely because of you've gone through more things. So you've mm. lived a longer or a, or a more complicated life that's allowed you to see things differently. Yeah, yeah. It's like taking drugs. Like when you take drugs, like you completely open up and you see certain things differently mm. and it's a new experience. If you've never taken drugs, you can never really reach that limit because mm. you don't know. Not that I'm like, <laughs> getting people to take drugs guys stay sober no, but someone, stay someone, in school said, but so, you know what I mean someone said that maybe Drake taking drugs is a, is a is a key to actual reality and what we're living is in basically yeah. a simulation mm. yeah, mm. Like, taking drugs be like, yeah. Who, who is it that said that might be Elon Musk yeah like someone said that like that's actually our true form or yeah, whatever it may be think, yeah. I, I know, don't necessarily believe that I, I'm not going to test I know, it I know out Russell, but it's, it's I know Russell, Russell Brand advocates like for drugs a little bit in terms mm. of experiencing different realities mm. and stuff which is really interesting yeah it is um, interesting speaking of creativity like mm. how would you define creativity and what's that for you i think creativity is freedom with the opportunity to build if mm. that makes sense so you know how people are like oh creativity just means you're allowed to be who you are and express yourself yeah i believe that but i also believe creativity is it's like a fluid 
Mm. Like it's not it's not a solid plan or a brick that you can layer up to make your house. It's kind of like the river that flows and you just don't really know where it's gonna end up. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. gonna go to the mouth and it's gonna end up in the ocean with mm. all the rest of the with all the rest of the water. Do you know what I mean? I think creativity is something that can't really be capped, but it's something that once it sparks, mm. you can't really outshine it. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's how I describe yeah, it. Yeah, I, I feel like freedom is definitely related to it. Yeah. What's that? What's that um, definition of? Is it putting known elements together? Creativity is putting known elements together to create something new. To create something new. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So that that thing's really. I think that concept is really interesting because yeah. it's basically stating that there's no, like everything that comes, everything that's created already existed before. Hundred. Yeah. That's that's really so. A, a lot of things are just being like basically redone. As the, as the years go by it's like um i think there's a quote from the book the handmaid's tale and it's at the very beginning and it says um everything that you read in this book or everything that you've seen mm. has already been done before has already happened mm. and to to read a book like the handmaid's tale where it's so extreme and it's so um what's the world uh, like utopian world type living and to have that be the very first thing you read, I find so interesting. Yeah, yeah. And it's true, like, like with creativity, it's almost recycled. Yeah, and yeah. every time it's something new, it could be, com- it can never really be completely new. But it's recycled through the lens that we have. Do so, you understand? So yeah. a book, a book is, and, and I've had this conversation a long time ago, actually. So a book would be a collection mm. of other like information or knowledge or experiences but mm. it's just put through that one person's lens yeah or sometimes two people's lens because someone might help them write it you know and, mm-hmm. and and it's so interesting because all it is is just filtered and then it's like someone else will filter that as well and it becomes this limitless filtering thing of just passing things on yes yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy yeah it's like life i had this i had this very similar conversation a while ago and i said life is actually very boring it's actually beautiful and how boring it is mm. because it's so basic. Mm. You know, we work hard and we do all of these things, but the essence of like life, sorry, is so basic. Mm. Like for example, like you said, you know, um, a book can just be a recollection, recollection, sorry, of loads of different information being mm. seen through someone's lens, right? It's the same with a script. It's the same with writing a song. It's yeah. the same thing with a lot of these procedures, but we just take it in a different direction mm. and that's where the creativity comes in and that's yeah, where the yeah, beauty yeah. of it comes in because you don't actually know like what that same blueprint mm. but you can get a different outcome from it so it's an interesting concept yeah so you know at the beginning you mentioned purpose you mm. said like as long as you're doing because i asked you about doing a lot of things and how you manage that you said as long as you're doing things that are meeting your purpose right what's your what's your purpose my purpose in everything that i do is to help people mm. and it's also to learn and teach so for me to learn myself and teach what I've been learned so um I've always said that I'm an unconventional teacher Mm. because I'm a filmmaker you know I'm a presenter I like to chat my life away and maybe like my goal is always to put a platform not for me to allow like I don't want to bring on people and take their voice from them and say it how I want to say it like no I'd rather provide a platform for people to tell their stories mm. and it's the same with like people always ask me oh you're a film director what type of films do you do da, 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 da. and they always expect me to come up with a genre like drama or horror or and I'm like I tell people stories mm. whether it's through documentary whether it's through film whether it's through this whether it's through that like if 
some people want their story to be heard, but they don't want their face out there mm. or they don't want their name out there. So we'd go through that creative route. Some people want a platform and they want to tell their story verbatim as it is. That's why the pod's there. That's why we, we present and we give that platform. Yeah. Um, and just helping people. Like I've always wanted to put out a film that people can watch and learn from and have that self-realization with, without me having a conversation mm. and teaching you like one-on-one. Whereas you can watch something and you can have something in your mind go off and think raw like i never really saw things like that i didn't really know that was a thing or da 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 Mm. and they go and they learn something same with the way i speak a lot of people have taken things and maybe seen things differently because of how i how i explain certain things yeah yeah. they go learn same with pt and you know you teach people discipline and you that's why i choose that's why i've always done boxing Mm. boxing for me my biggest achievement from that was the mental discipline i gained Mm. not even all the physical stuff it was all the mental discipline i've gained because i could just go around swinging my hands and fighting people and i can be (laughs) like yeah i'm a fighter i'm what but i won't be disciplined i won't have the mental strength and that's what i really needed so i did that route and now i coach it Mm. and i've seen you can literally see the impact that it has on people's lives as individuals so if i can do that on a mass scale with like my creativity like that will always be my core is to help mm. people always. I feel like boxing is such a universal sport. Like as in, in terms of mm-hmm. if every single person's done it, then they would learn something about themselves yeah. or they would develop some sort of skill. Mm. I think, I think it's an amazing thing to get into. Definitely. Um, I recommend it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, one of my favorite quotes from a movie is, um, Go on. and you might actually recognize it is all my friends are fighters. Mm-hmm. And here comes a guy spending his whole life avoiding the fight because he knows you'll win. Mm. And it's basically Black Widow talking to the Hulk and talking mm. about how like this guy, he knows he's gonna win, and he knows that when he does win, it's not satisfying. Mm. It's not a nice ending. It's not a happy ending. Is it? And it's, it's the it's, end. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. So what, like, do, what does winning mean though? That as in like winning the fight. When you win the fight, nothing good comes after. That's why like that's why like that's why people a lot of people said you said as well last week I think. Um, learning to fight hasn't taught me how to fight people. It's taught me why I shouldn't fight people. Because mm. I've learned that Trust me. fighting is useless. Do you know what? Actually, that's true because after I started boxing, I, re- cause I used to be a very like hot-headed kid. Aggressive. and I'd be, I wasn't aggressive. <laughs> I was just hot-headed. So like, and I was very quick to just throw hands for mm. no reason when it's really not that necessary. But now that I'm like a qualified boxing coach. You don't want to fight. There's no way. Mm. It's going to really, really take me a lot for me to put hands on anybody. But it's only because I understand my capabilities. Mm. It doesn't mean that I necessarily know I'm going to win, but it knows I'm skilled enough that if I really wanted to knock somebody out, I could. So I'm just going to avoid it. You understand the power of of, of a fist. Do you get it? I'm saying, so when you you learn to fight, you understand the power of what you have. Mm. And you understand that no matter what happens, this can never end good. That's it. If I break his neck and I go to prison or I get my neck broken, I'm dead. Mm. Yeah. Either way, no one wins. There's no good result, you know yeah. That's like the power of learning how to fight and, and then obviously then showing it and sharing it to other people, mm-hmm. whether it be young or older. It depends on your field, isn't it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm. All right, so while we've still got some time, I want to talk about female empowerment a little bit. Whoop, whoop. Go on. So... <laughs> So I'm I'm fully I'm fully I'm I'm all about female empowerment as yeah. well. Okay. Just just to be clear. Love that. Um had to make sure. But before <laughs> no no, but before I'm gonna ask you, before I'm gonna ask you what female empowerment means to you, mm-hmm. um I've had this insight today and I was thinking there's a lot of like so there's a lot of like movements happening around like female empowerment, and there's also like movements happening around male empowerment as well. But there's not much happening around like like kind of bringing the two together, together in yeah. the same space because I feel like sometimes that's what's missing. Mm-hmm. And those conversations between each other and just kind of, because like, look, 
like people can be in the same space as mm. the same gender mm. but then if they don't have access to having a conversation with a, a different gender they can't actually learn or yeah like understand. see a different perspective and i think that's where the magic happens in in that i exchange. agree i also feel like the reason why those areas are separated to begin with mm. is because they're not accepted by the other gender or they're it doesn't align with what the other gender had in mind. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. that's how they became separated. I think now within our generation, we can say that. We can say we should have an open space because the men in our generation are more open and more supportive of mm. female empowerment than they were maybe 50 years ago. Do you understand? Mm. But that's all. That's kind of, it all comes down to history. Everything we do comes down to what happened before us. What did they do? Did it work? Didn't it work? Okay, we're going to do things this way. Mm. And that's just where we are right now. I feel like with female empowerment, we're at, as women, we're at a point where we don't even need a man's validation. Like we can go, we can start our businesses, we can work together, we can build each other up and actually not even just be in those positions that men are in, yeah, but surpass yeah. them without your support. So I think after, when you've been conditioned to be a type of way for a very long time and you finally break out of that, mm. whether there is support, sometimes it's not even necessarily wanted anymore mm. because it's either way too late or it's they're at a point where they're so um they're so over having help they'd rather do it themselves and build and prove to themselves that this is what it is mm. so it's a difficult conversation like i've i've always said unity is the key to mm. a lot of peace and a lot of success but with stuff like that, for example, the pay, the pay gap is still a thing with like teachers and, you know, traditional job roles, the NHS, stuff like that. Mm. And it's purely based on gender. Mm. And it's like I had I like I will never forget this. We had a teacher complaining to us about about it. Um, she was a history teacher when I was in secondary school. And she used to tell me that um, she used to get paid 25K a year. And another history teacher who was male same mm. role, same position, taught the same classes, same year group, gets 40k a year. That's crazy. They literally get half the pay. Mm. And it's like, what? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. it's because it's traditionally, it's so traditionally installed in laws and mm. society and the way it needs to be. All these movements, don't forget, all these movements are very surface level. Mm. You might see them on... So some of them are some of them are tick box exercises anyway just do you get it just for workplace to go yeah we, we, we do all of this equality stuff exactly it's all for sure yeah, a lot yeah, of the yeah. time it's image but yeah. where are the laws being changed where are those old traditions mm. that are sexist and racist and you know islamophobic and all these things that they're supposedly supposedly trying to fight mm. as a country and as a government but your deep-rooted laws and your deep-rooted mm. issues lie within those mindsets yeah but i would definitely say that the times we're in now is definitely more catered for that female empowerment in terms of yeah. just being an independent woman and and just being able to get mm. you know because because if you look like look there's internet there's mm. all these other different platforms where people can actually make money now independently mm. and by being who they are you know right without without being suppressed and and, and whatnot i'm not i'm not saying yeah. it's there yet i'm no, just no, saying yeah, yeah. i'm just saying i'm just thinking about it yeah it's just definitely <laughs> He's looking at my face and yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> i'm just saying it's, it's definitely in a better place than it, than it probably was yeah. Oh, yeah you know like 20 it's years ago something based on something on, um to add on to what you said when we started this um female public conversation about how the male empowerment, the male female empowerment, and male side don't really kind of Mix. collaborate. Mm. That happens a lot with community groups. Mm. So Black Lives Matter, LGBT, it's, uh, Islamic um, like protests and whatnot. Wherever, a lot of these kind of just groups don't really connect. And there's been a lot of situations where 
let's say Black Lives Matter last year, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who were like, oh, we supported the LGBT thing when it was going, why are you not supporting us? And it's people like kind of keeping a note of, okay, cool, you support me, cool, and I'll support you. And it's not mm-hmm. really that many people kind of collaborating and, and say, you know what, it's not, it's not, it's not BLM, it's not LGBT, it's not this, this is us. I'm saying we are a human yeah. race, I, I not a human. You, you know what's interesting? I think we're living in times where people's perspective is that their belief is better than someone else's. Mm. That's a scary thing. So, I think yeah. I don't even think it's that. I think people have reached a point where they think it's okay to pick and choose what to support, mm. and they're not seeing it from a human level anymore. They're seeing it to what's convenient to them. Mm. Like, for example, when people are protesting for Palestine, I didn't. I maybe saw ten percent of the same people showing that type of love that they did for the LGBTQ community, for the Black Mm. Lives Matter community, for all these big communities that for me personally, I went out and protested for all the ones that I could because it's just about what's right and what's wrong. Mm. But when it's, and this is something that the older generation, that my parents' generations don't really understand. And I've had, because I've had a lot of conversations with loads of different people about this situation. And it's the same thing within each community Mm. because they'll be like, oh, but when something happens to us, nobody wants to show anything Mm. or you don't see it publicized. So you don't, but then when something happens to another group and da 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 da, like everybody rushes to go support them. And what we don't, what we need to understand is it's not an us thing. It's not just an us thing because we've been put in certain communities we've all been bunched together as minorities and what they've done is they've learned to separate us through media publications so you might have a certain group that gets more airtime mm. than or uh, a certain situation get more negativity or more positivity do, do, you, know, do you know what's interesting and if, it embeds separation if let's say for instance like let's say a person went and like you know like stabbed like 10 people in central right. london right yeah if it's if it's like an Asian person, they'll say it's a terrorist attack. Mm. If it's a black person, they'll say it's gang related. Mm. And I don't know, like if it's a white person, they're just gonna say like someone just, just stabbed went, ten people. Like, yeah, no, yeah. But I'm just the, the point I'm trying to make is like you're right. Like media's always stereotyping people and creating these narratives around what not. And then people that actually, let's say, they don't have any friends within certain communities. They would read those newspapers That's and then it. they would see that sort of kind of like type of person in real life and mm. they'd go like oh like this person must be that or whatever yeah. so there's a lot of prejudice happening and it's and way. we need to we need to also be very understanding of prejudice doesn't just happen in communities that aren't like us they happen a lot in our communities between us mm. as minorities as different ethnicities as BAME people whatever it may be it happens a lot between us because like mm. you said if if um if there was a robbery and it was a black man that does it you know they'd go into knife crime and all this sort of stuff and then there might be certain people in the community that think oh okay this is what these people are up to because they might see one or two people mm. that are actually a part of that like that look like them same with the terrorism thing same with a white man doing like a lot of like i remember whenever like something would happen with a white person my, my parents used to be like oh he's probably just mentally ill and it's like they've been so conditioned to just think that because mm. of how it's been put out and portrayed mm. that they've even given up trying to fight for anything. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's a problem. Like we we all need to learn to see through that as as minorities. They've put us all in the same bottom barrel of the boat and we're all fighting and scrapping over that last piece of wood. Yeah, yeah, for what yeah. reason? When we're all here to why don't it's like for me it really it really annoys me. I'm like, mm. we should be taking over the boat, like, because as people don't understand, just because they're bigger in numbers doesn't mean that 
us coming together doesn't make us stronger because mm. we're different we have different types of intelligence different types of walks of life different types of wisdom dif- like there's so much that can overpower but, that situation but you know what i think even coming together in from economic point of view as well right mm. it's like if someone creates a business within their own community mm. and then they can get money from their own community and then reinvest that money into the same community that's powerful because Hundreds. then that money is not going somewhere else that's it you know and it's not so. going to feed a conglomerate that do you know what i mean that mm-hmm. has 101 mouths it's going to feed people that directly need it yeah 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 you know so, some of the some of the most um some of the most what's, what's the word like the best kind of collaboration of people are the rich and wealthy because the reason why they are where they are because they just collaborate. They're together and mm. everything they do. They, mm. they, That's they, it. They, they insource. They, they 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 keep their money in their group mm. and they only bring in certain very very rare kind of people in, mm-hmm, in their group. Mm-hmm. When it comes to like us or people who, like you say, the bottom of the barrel, whatever, we're we're so desperate that we're prepared to kill a man, kill kill a a, 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 a peer. So we can climb higher. Do, do you know what's mad? Yeah, I'm just thinking of Squid Games, and I. Ah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just yeah. thinking yeah. of Squid Games, and like yeah. that's what that's what that's it literally is. Yeah. Like coming from nothing and just being being in poverty and just building something. Cause just, it, yeah, because I think that 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 show properly represents how the the human race is right now. Like mm. it's all the rich people together having the time of their lives, watching the poor people fight each, fight each other for right. for what? Like you know, the winner of that game doesn't get a seat with the rich people. It just that's an extreme representation of society. Yeah. Wait, it's that simple. It. Yeah. It's so simple. It's just an extreme ideology that's been taken so that people get. Mm. But those things happen. Maybe not in a game sense, but it happens. People are yeah. being killed every day. People are going through certain mm. things. People are scrambling because they're, they're broke and they, don't, they can't feed their family. So they're doing anything that they can to be able to do that. Do you know mm. what I mean? Um, but that concept made me think of, um, you know, people say, oh, um, you know, work hard and you'll have a seat at the table and I'm mm. like fuck that like fuck I don't know that. if I'm let's, allowed to swear on no, it you can, you can. because I've been swearing I'm Let, like, let's, let's build our own table build your instead. own table yeah. and know who to like that's it the key to being rich is insourcing Pe- they insource and it's the key to successful business mm. as well you use who you can because it there's better profit from it you can build bring people on and then they can end up having a position mm. there and that's how you slowly build your table if you try to go for a table that was never built for you you're never going to get a seat there mm. and that's the, our issue as minorities we we chase the white man and we're in this rat race so much deeper than we think we are mm. because we want to seat at their table where they haven't even got seats for us mm. and the table sucks anyways their table <laughs> sucks anyway. Who wants to be at a table anyway? The table shit. The thing that found is such a simple formula. Yeah. Uh, the way I see it, here's, here's my perspective on it. Yeah, and you can agree or disagree if you want. Not everyone, if, if actually, scrap that. Everyone <laughs> is not a jack of all trades. Yeah. People are a jack of a lot of trades, mm-hmm. or maybe most trades or some trades, but never a jack of all trades, which means everyone is good at something. No matter how untalented and, and unathletic mm. or on this or on that, you are good at something. And that's something that you're good at can be used in collaboration with someone else. Example, you two are very, very personable and you two have stuff that can be extracted and put as content. Mm. I know how cameras work. Mm. Bada being bada boom, we now have a podcast. Yeah. You feel me? You, you be cast with trolls. No, if, I agree. If you do, it wouldn't mm. be as good. But, but you know do, what do, you know, do you know what's mad? You just made me think about something. We trade on a constant basis anyways. Like, mm. we trade conversations, right? Yeah. We trade, I don't know, we trade energy. Everything's transactional. Everything's, yeah, like, literally every single thing that we do is a trade. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but everything's but You have to learn to use that 
to to su- succeed not as a solo but as a group that's it you know one thing you like something i've learned in this life no matter how much you think you do anything on your own you're never on your own mm. yeah and with me it's like i think of it in a film way like every person of my crew is valuable because if one person doesn't know how to do their job role properly this film will never reach the peak that it needs to yep. be. Do you understand? Yep. Like, it's like sound. Sound. People think like a gaffer or a sound man or whatever it may be. It's just, oh, Minor it roles, just is yeah. what it... Mm. You know, if sound... You know, our eyes, we're trained, we're, we're able to bear bad footage, but we're enabled, we really, really struggle with... Um, really bad audio yeah yeah audio needs to be pristine same so with like lighting 85 percent of the experience is audio. exactly mm. and it's like without without certain things or you know disregarding people's roles and their values of their roles you're not going to get to the best p- mm. part of what you want to do it remind me of something that i watched recently uh, is about vi- visual effects artists and they were talking um basically essentially i think uh one of the earliest movies like around mid 2000s late 2000s whatever um Visual effects artists weren't given the attention, um, the money, and the attention and the gratification that they required. Like example being, um, what was it, the, the, the Oscars, whatever. Mm. So there was a, a segment for visual effects artists in it, mm-hmm. and the people went up, got their prize, they started their speech, and as they're talking, they start going into our, oh, we kind of get in, our company's in bankruptcy, all this stuff. And as they're talking, the music goes up and it mm. goes louder. And the more they talk, the louder it goes. The more they talk, and then they cut off, mm. they cut to ads, or they cut to this, and they turn off the mics and. And that's an example of you would not have your movie with a visual effects. Mm. Hundred, the yeah. biggest, like the top twenty movies are, are, are box office records. Hundred, heavily like Avatar Vis- yeah. and Endgame yeah. and all these games. They 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 heavily reliant on visual effects, and mm. that's, that's that's a big part of the experience. Mm. So for you to disregard them, you're not having a movie. Mm. Even like the simplest movies that feel like they don't know no VFX, go watch it again. You will find visual like if anything, when you look at a movie and think there's no visual effects in this movie. That's even better because there are and you don't even notice it. Mm. That's what makes it such good, such good work. Mm. But they're disregarded. Yeah. And they're not respected as much. Why? Because they're nerds that sit in front of a computer for how long? Do you, know, nah, do, do you know what? That's a good example. I think I think that happens. That's replicated in a lot of different industries and, yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. And I feel like sometimes it's like people don't understand the value of what someone's doing mm. because they don't know what they're doing. So mm. because let's say, for example, if I'm not, like, let me put it this way, if I'm not doing visual effects myself, then it's going to be very difficult for me to understand the value of what a person does. But if I was to do it, then I would understand what it means. People don't like what they don't understand. Exactly. It's plain and simple and it happens with everything. It happens with industry workers. It happens with society, Mm -hmm. everything. If I don't understand, it happens with me. I I hate maths. I'll never understand maths. I know maths is probably the simplest thing because you always get one answer and that's... It is what it is. I can't even get to the answer. Well, two plus two is three. Do you get it? Like in my head, <laughs> it's probably eighteen, but we're not. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I hate maths, and it simply comes down to I will never understand it, mm-hmm. and well, never might be an extreme, but that's just the mindset. I can ask you. Can I ask you this? Yeah, if you really wanted to, if you really, really wanted to, could you do it? Like, could you understand maths? Like, could you? If I genuinely wanted yeah. to, I probably could. Yeah, yeah. Because I believe that I, if I put my mind to something, then I can do it. Yeah, because I was gonna say that I think I think um, choosing not to do something and yeah. having the capacity to do something, but choosing not to is like it's. it's do you know what it is? I think yeah. my I think in maths, my intelligence is capped, and then after a certain point, it's like I really need to get like. 10 teachers and uh, I might ten, get there but the method has to change like, a whole, a whole, it's not, like, not, not just a, one it's a whole 10 teachers you get teacher, it yeah. I need 10 te- I need my, bla- like my brain like inserted into certain 
<laughs> intelligent levels that like I can't I can't do it on my own. But look, you're, you're living in the era of you know, there's machines that will do it for you. Yeah, you know? but then I'm technology and me don't work yeah. too good either. So okay, <laughs> okay, that's that's another <laughs> issue then. So I'm stuck yeah, yeah. either way. <laughs> I see. Then then you have to get a person who's good at to get maths it, or technology. Yeah. And I um, prefer people. So, <laughs> than like so look, robots. just quickly um, before we finish off. So I've got mm. one more question left for you. Okay. Um, which is a question we ask everyone. But Ooh. before that, is there anything you'd like to promote for the community? She has a lot to promote. Ah, she has a lot go. to promote. Oh, there you go. Um, hey, guys, it's Miriam. How you doing? <laughs> um, I've got a, a podcast called Conscious Conversations. It's on YouTube. It's on Spotify. It's on Apple. Check it out. Check it out. Um, my Instagram is at official Miriam. Everything is listed there. I'm also a boxing coach for the women out there. So shout me if you ever want some training. Um, I also work for a organization called You Me Us. Mm. You know, we do a lot of youth work. We do a lot of media training, um, enrichment and mindset training. Um, we mainly work with youth all over East London. So check them out. The Instagram page will be somewhere in the description as well. These lot are a part of it too. So I hope y'all are, you know, shouting them out as much Definitely. as I am. Um, yeah, just look out for me, man. You guys will be seeing my face a whole lot more, okay? Hearing my name, all of that good stuff. But yeah. Come on, I love it. Also, we didn't get to talk about your podcast. and we didn't, but it's Yeah. Okay. As it's in like okay. what, what it means to you and, and, and why you chose that name. Because I feel mm. like... I really, yeah, that name resonates with me. Mm. Have me back yeah, and yeah. we'll get No, we, we, we're going to do part two for sure. <laughs> um, so to check out. Yes. If you, I'll keep doing this, if you all the time. and When you when are I'm going to say. That's it, that's it. It's very I ask the same question in so many different ways okay. every single time. So, and I'm trying to switch it up each time. Do you want to say it? Uh, of I gotta say it. You say uh, it. You say it. Let's time. switch it up. Okay, go. Yeah, let's switch it up. When you get the chance to speak to eight, eight was it seven point eight billion people? Yes. And you could say one thing to them. What would you say? One thing. Nailed it. Nailed. No, you, First you time. Kind of, you kind so of if I had the so. chance to yeah. speak to the world, like yeah. the world's population, uh, what would you say? What would I say? Keep up your faith. Stay strong. Don't give up so easily. Um, you know, life's unfortunate. There's always certain barriers that might be tailored to you because of simply who you are. You've got to find your peace with that and build outside of it. And focus on yourself, your family and your fortune, your legacy. It's important. Like the two things my parents have always said to me, my biggest piece of advice is always have money in your pocket and keep good friends around you. Mm. Those are the most two valuable things you will ever need in your life because you'll never get into anything financially this like and I know it's hard, especially in certain parts of the world and certain people and you know, they have again different advantages tailored to your to your system and your lifestyle. But always have something that you're never in debt and you're never in a financial struggle and keep good friends around you because to some sometimes your friends are more valuable than your family. Mm. Your family is blood, but your your friends are your chosen blood. Mm. So that's what I would say to people. I love that. And check me out, obviously. Definitely. <laughs> check me out. 7.8 billion subscribers. Come on, come see on. you soon. Come on, see you <laughs> come. Why not? Oh my gosh. But yeah, um, thanks for coming. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, nothing but gratitude. Yes, gratitude always. <laughs>